Welcome to Ask the Doulas with Gold Coast Doulas. This is Alyssa. I am co-owner and postpartum doula at Gold Coast. Today's episode is sponsored by Cindy's Suds, and we actually have Cindy with us again today. Um, we had a question from a client about um, dealing with in-laws um, in their home, and Cindy and I have had an interesting conversation with her background as a physician's assistant um, and dealing with parents bringing their children in um, and then maybe um, the role of the in-laws in that situation. Um, And then I obviously deal with that in home with postpartum support. Um, So let's start by, let's give some background um, on you as a PA and then um, how kind of your outlook changed um, after doing a lot of research and creating your natural product line. Okay. Um, well, I worked in family practice, and so that means that I saw everything from birth, um, pregnancy, all the way to, obviously, the elderly. So I kind of saw the whole gamut, which I loved, because I loved that I could see um, somebody starting out in their 20s, then getting married, and then getting pregnant, mm-hmm. and then, you know, starting a family. I absolutely loved that, because I was... I could grow with them and be like a, you know, kind of get a window into their world yeah. and and see how they're transitioning from being a single person to married to being a mom. So super fun. I completely loved it. Um, so I worked in family practice for about 14 years. Um, in that time period when I started, I was a single person. I hadn't been married yet. And um, so it was interesting even for me professionally to grow from this is what you do to all of a sudden being, um, being married and being like, wow, there's a whole dynamic here being married. And then, wow, wait a minute. Now as a mom, my whole, this is what you do completely changed because no longer is it what the books say that you should advise (laughs) the patient on. Now it's like, well, let me give you some background. I have experience (laughs) in this now. So it's really great. And I think that, um, that was just, a really neat part of being a PA is being able to bring in my own experiences. So, and that's, you know, that's part of, I think, life anyway. We're all given so many different experiences. We can come along each other and say, hey, this is what I've learned. And and if I can help you, then, you know, we can kind of help each other In grow. a supportive way. In a supportive way. Because I think way. it can end up being Absolutely. judgmental as well. Here's my experience. Right. And you do it my way yeah. or the highway. Yeah, right. And I actually saw that sometimes because sometimes a patient would come in with her brand new baby and in tow would be either mom or mother-in-law, kind of this hovering presence. And instantly as a provider, I would walk in and go, Ooh, I'm feeling the dynamic in the room. I'm feeling the tension in the room because Mm -hmm. you have a, you have mom with her new baby who is navigating the waters of what does it look like to be a new mom? What what do I make of this? How do I do the best thing for my child? And grandma, who I know is well-intentioned, mm-hmm. and grandma has you know the biggest love and heart for baby too, but the way that it was done 40 years ago is not the way, even scientifically speaking, that we've learned maybe the best way nowadays. And so grandma may come in with this preconceived idea of you do it my way. And if you're not doing it my way, you're going to ruin this kid's life. And it's really, really hard for the new mom to figure out how she can't, you know, what do I do so I don't offend my mom or mother-in-law? 
But also, what do I do so that I'm being true to my own feelings and my own desires of how my husband and I want to raise our new baby? Right. And it, I feel like a lot of new moms are really pulled in different directions because they they're reading and the the new the today's mom is so informed and they're so much more educated in what it looks like to be a mom versus. When you had a baby 40 years ago, sometimes you were still knocked out. You woke up, baby's in your arms. This is what you do because this is what was always done. It's a very new world nowadays in parenting. And you have perhaps maybe a mother-in-law or mother that is coming into the situation with very different preconceived ideas than where you want to go parenting-wise. So there's a lot of kind of... It's you've got to be kind of gentle on both sides because you need to do in your heart what is best for your new baby, but you also somehow need to teach grandma that, you know, we really love your support, but this is the way that we're choosing to do things. We actually created a, a class called the Modern Grandparent for love that exact it. reason. Love it. Um, you know, we've had clients say it's re- this is these are really tricky waters to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, I want my mother or mother-in-law to be around. They're great caregivers, right? Um, but they've been out of the game for thirty some years. Sure. And so the class actually, in a very gentle way, teaches them that. This is your son or daughter's family. Yes. You have to let them parent the way they want to parent and then update them on health and safety things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even talking about SIDS and that, you know, we keep the crib clean and we don't lay them on their tummies anymore. We, it's back to sleep and, you know, just going all over all these, you know, car seat safety. Right. <clears throat> Pardon me. And really, really updating the grandparents so that mom and dad can feel comfortable as with their parents as caregivers. Absolutely. I think that's huge. It's huge because as a new mom, we all know how important it is to still keep that relationship strong with our husbands and mm-hmm. have like a date night once mm-hmm. in a while. But if your grand if your mom or mother in law is the babysitter that night and you're trying to have a nice dinner with your husband out and you are terrified that grandma's yeah. going to put baby to bed on their tummy or um do things that you have specifically chosen to not do as a parent it can really be upsetting and you you're not going to be able to enjoy yourself no you don't not at all so I think it's great that you guys are offering this class because there's there's a lot of education I think that needs to happen to grandmas whether it's your own mom or your mother-in-law so that a grandma can now be a supportive person to you instead of um more like a hovering you do it you do it my way Mm -hmm. kind of a personality and that can just be so hard how would you deal with that in the medical world like so this family comes in and you have the hovering grandmother and is she sometimes trying to tell you how to do how to do things or what's best for baby um a lot of times they could be fairly vocal and say well you know when my daughter was a baby and then I kind of would gently say well gosh you know and you're absolutely right when you were parenting your daughter 35 years ago, that is exactly the standard that they that they said was the best. But now there's a new standard, and research has shown da 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 blah, blah, blah. Right. So I always tried to validate that, oh, my gosh, you're so right. That's exactly what was best protocol then. Because you don't want grandma to feel like, you know, what are you thinking by doing this or that? Because she honestly is, is wanting to do what's best for the baby. Mm-hmm. So if you validate, you're right. That's exactly what was the right way to do things back then. But nowadays, mm-hmm. they've really made some new 
headway in research and they've discovered this and they've discovered that. So kind of validating and then redirecting to the newer research and the updated research so that grandma doesn't feel like an idiot, number one, because she's there to help and she loves the baby and she loves her own child. Right. You know, so you really want to validate grandma, but then steer them into the latest facts so that they know that there has been a change because they've been out of parenting, little babies, for that long. So you really want to gently kind of segue into the latest research shows, the latest studies show, so they don't feel bad. And also, so then, you know, so that was my role as a provider. Then the pressure's taken off of the new mom. So the new mom is no longer feeling like she's battling with her mother or mother-in-law. It's kind of taken the weight off of the new mom. And I see that as a doula, that's a perfect role too. Because as a doula, you can come in and say, that's so great that you want to help babysit. That's so great that you want to be a great caretaker. Have you heard that some of the new research shows, da-da-da-da-da, right? So that mom, so the new mom doesn't feel like she's trying to pick sides between baby and her, her parents. And I think that's so important. You don't want them to feel like they're being attacked no. and you don't want them to feel silly. Right. You know, like, exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm stupid. Cause I'm looking at data from 40 years right. ago. Um, right. I think validating that is really important saying you mm-hmm. obviously did a really great job right. because look at your kids. Exactly. But now, you know, here's what's changed and let right. me show you why. Right. Right. Yeah. That's great advice. So when you started your company, were you still a PA? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was still working as a PA um, and I had my um, company on the side. And so the very, the early years of my company, I very, very intentionally kept it small because my role was mom to young kids because my kids were all quite young at the time. Um, I was working as a PA um, and I also homeschool. So that's a factor too, that was another job. Right. And so I, very intentionally, I, I kept feeling like I had horse reins that I would pull back, pull back because I knew how it could quickly snowball to growing so fast. And I didn't want that because my kids were little. I, you know, I was working as a PA. I was homeschooling. So, um, so yeah, I worked as uh, a PA for several years as I had Cindy's sons. So I did, I did the two things for a while. And so researching, you know, studying medicine Mm -hmm. and very westernized medicine and having this mindset. And then you start to research this more holistic, natural, um, these remedies for very common ailments. Right. How did that affect how you treated clients? And did it become hard? Um, It did. It, It really, really did because so many people want the quick fix. And so they would come in and say, I don't feel good. I need an antibiotic. And I'd try to be gentle and sit down and and educate and say, well, let's first see if there's anything bacterial going on. Because if there's not, really, viruses take, you know, about five days to Mm -hmm. completely run their course. And you just need rest. You need to give your body some time to heal. You can symptomatically treat if you want to with Tylenol or Advil. But you don't need an antibiotic. And I actually had several, several patients get angry. Well, I want one. And being very adamant with, this is what I want. I came in. I need you to be. Fi- I need to be fixed, and so it was hard because I'm trying to educate them on the fact that there are natural options out there. Um, there are other things that you can do to stay healthy, to be healthy, and not necessarily turn instantaneously to prescriptions. Mm-hmm. 
But I think there still is a large part of the population that is resistant to that, and they want the quick fix. We live in such a quick fix-me world that people want that. But do you think just like with, um, you know, the mother-in-law who had a baby 40 years ago and thinks things this way, is it that same age group thinking that, well, an antibiotic fixes everything, and they don't know that, okay, let's get enough sleep Let's eat healthy. Right. Let's cut out processed foods. Let's drink a lot of water and exercise and, you know, probiotics, all this good stuff. For sure. They For have sure. no idea. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the education was coming in that yeah. I would sit down and I would, I would try to educate them on these things. But, um, a lot of it is generational. And so generationally, if this makes no sense to you, if you sound like you're talking voodoo to them, right. they just... Sometimes they just don't get it, or maybe their minds are a little bit more closed off than maybe a younger person. Sometimes they did try to learn and be like, oh, I had no idea. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll try that. Um, But there are also others that were generationally, they were kind of set in their ways and their their thought patterns. Um, So it really depended on the patient, but it did get hard because I was... I really felt torn because I really felt like there are so many great things to try first. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've not turned my back on Western medicine. There is certainly a time and a place to use Absolutely. prescriptions mm-hmm. and all the great things that have been um, discovered and, and new medications that are out there. But first do no harm. First try things that are safe. First try things that are natural. And if those aren't getting you to a place of healing or wellness, then open, you know, then start looking around what else could be going on. And obviously if it's something that's obviously needing to be treated, you go right to that treatment first. I mean, you're not going to turn your back on, gee, this person has pneumonia, go home and rest, (laughs) you know, but obviously you're using your head in those situations. But a lot of times for the smaller, easier things, it's well, just, I think that's preventative, right? A lot of so it is just let's prevent the small stuff. I mean, there's right. obviously big things you can, like you said. I mean, they're going to happen. Right. You can't just like rub coconut oil on it exactly. Away. Yeah. Um, so then your transition from the medical world to just doing your business, um, and you had said in our last episode that a lot of it was friends. You had, you had this overabundance of right. supply. Your friends were like, you should just sell this. You got into craft shows. Right. How much of that, like leaving the medical world to do this had to do with this pull from, I need, you know, I can't really do this Western medicine anymore. Or was um, it just more purely business? It was actually several factors. So I would say, I wouldn't say that, oh, I left being a PA to exclusively focus on Sydney sets because that's not entirely accurate. There were many things changing within the whole physician assistant um, profession that was bothersome to me. Um, the insurance companies were dictating so much of what we could and couldn't do. So you would come in and see me and I go, oh, you know, listen, this is, this is what you have. This is, you know, you need to get say, a CAT scan of your shoulder or whatever, um, I would first have to look at your insurance and go, ooh, gee, you've got blanky-blank insurance. I can't do that yet. I have to go to step one first, and then if step one fails, then I have to go to step two. So there were so many legalities that had changed from when Even I Even though graduated. you knew what I needed to oh, do. Oh, my <laughs> word. And it was, you felt like your hands were tied. Okay. So even though, you know, so when I started practicing in 1996, it was a very, very different world than when I left in the late 2000s um, because you had to really check into 
um, what the insurance company wants me to do first. And I really felt that I could not practice with my, my head and my heart knowledge anymore. I had to go see what this third party said that I could do to you and for you. Mm-hmm. That was very frustrating. Um, the At the time, um, my boss wanted me to work more, and that was also a factor that we, my husband and I had decided we weren't going to allow happen to our family because we had set up a, a amount of hours that we felt comfortable with me working per week and adding to it was just not in the equation. So it was that, and then it was growing my, my company as well. So it was multifaceted. It was not just one thing, but the frustration with the current state of practicing healthcare was very, very high on the list. Just that that frustration of, I want to treat you this way, but I just can't. My hands are tied. And so that became a big factor in it I as well. I feel like that probably hasn't gotten any better since you left, it right? It hasn't. <laughs> no, my friends that still practice, it's a very frustrating aspect of trying to practice modern medicine nowadays. Very frustrating. Well, I think you gave us some really, really good tips um, in many areas. <laughs> um, so thank you for sharing your wisdom. Absolutely. Um, we will have you on again soon. That sounds great. And you can find Cindy at cindysuds.com. Absolutely. We've got our website there. You can um, look on the website. There's product descriptions. You can also um, contact me via the website or at cindy at cindysuds.com if you have specific questions that I can help you out with. Awesome. And you can find us at goldcoastdoulas.com. Email us at info at goldcoastdoulas.com. And you can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and then don't forget to subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Thanks.